Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 23rd edition of the sunny side of sports. The Men's Basketball Africa League, or BAL, will tip off its third season on March 11th in Dakar, Senegal. South Africa's Cape Town Tigers team once again qualified for the BAL. And joining us now from Nicaragua is Tigers captain Peter Prinsloo. Peter, you've played in Nicaragua before, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, in 2015, first time that I was in Nicaragua, I played out there for a little bit. And then, you know, later on, kind of always played in the league. It's a shorter league that runs during times when the bigger leagues aren't going. And, um, you know, kind of met someone out there. And now my son's out there, not with his mom anymore, but out in Nicaragua all the time uh, whenever I have free time to visit my son and uh, hopefully being able to take him with me at some point soon. Peter, the Tigers are now getting ready for season three of the Basketball Africa League. In terms of the Tigers training camp, what does it look like for 2023? No, we're starting training camp right now, uh, end of Jan, beginning of Feb. Everybody is, well, all the South African guys that are outside the area from where we're going to be based. Um, we are the Cape Town Tigers. However, our training camp is going to be in Johannesburg. Uh, facility-wise, logistically and everything, and also getting teams from outside in to have scrimmages and friendly games before BAL's official games. It's a lot easier in Johannesburg, so we'll be using the facilities over there. And uh, But no, um, we're getting ready to get started. Uh, the whole team's coming back the way it was just now um, once we qualify for BAL Season 3, so the guys are excited, and, and the chemistry with this unit that we have at the moment is, is incredible. The Cape Town Tigers have a new coach, Florsheim and Gwenya, for BAL Season 3. Peter, talk a bit about your relationship with the coach and what he brings to the Tigers. Yeah, Coach Flush. Um, I, I mean, I've known Coach Flush from before my time in South Africa and, uh, you know, around the basketball community there. You know, I didn't really know too much about the basketball scene in South Africa with, you know, growing up in the States for a good amount of my life. But uh, no, I met him when I was back in South Africa doing national team commitments back in 2017 and 2018 during certain times. Uh, obviously, we went through the qualifications tournament just now with him, but he's an amazing character, um, controls the game, uh, understands the strength of guys, uh, doesn't try and complicate things too much. And just knows where to attack, you know, looks for the, the mismatch, the weak point, you know, sees who's guarding who. It's He's very game-wise, he makes great adjustments to see what's going on and just to attack the weak points of the other team and see where we can take advantage. Peter, the Basketball Africa League will once again have what BAL President Amadou Gallo-Fall describes as a caravan format. The BAL will tip off in Dakar, Senegal. 
on March 11th. And then it will play another 15-game group phase in Cairo, Egypt, before wrapping things up with the playoffs and BAL finals in May at the BK Arena in Kigali, Rwanda. Peter, do you like that type of format? You know, it's a little different um, than the you know the normal situations with a typical league at the moment, and obviously, logistically, they're still getting everything set up for the BAL, where we know in the future it'll be you know traveling games, you know all over the whole time. Um, it's a lot of it's a little bit more pressure, and a little bit more fun in terms of that. You know, some guys can't handle the pressure. It's you're at a certain location and you have a select few games in a shorter time span, and you got to perform. Um, you know, you don't have time to get into a long rhythm. For some guys, that's not a good thing. Some guys are accustomed to long seasons in Europe of eight, nine months and preseason, getting to midseason form and then come playoffs. You know, they're in top, you know, that just that form where everything's to a T. But, you know, this is a shorter time span and you kind of got to be on top of it, everything. Uh, kind of with myself, I saw from last year that my first three games of BAL was kind of, you know, getting to it and then. The next three games, I, you know, started to perform incredibly well. So, you know, I've come in with a mentality for this season to make sure that from game one, I'm performing the same way I was performing the last, like, set of games from last year to not have that difference and to be performing at the highest level every single time since it's such a short span with the caravan effect, you know, going from one location to another and having a select amount of games at a certain place. Last year in Kigali, the Cape Town Tigers advanced to the quarterfinals before losing to U.S. Monastir, which went on to lift the trophy in Rwanda. Peter, what are the team's goals for the 2023 BAL season? Yeah, no, um, obviously last season for us, we ended in quarterfinals, and it was a disappointing ending to see how it you know, went during that game. You know, for us this year, we, we don't see ourselves not at least playing in the finals for the, to lift the trophy. Um, we know the team that we have this year is significantly more cohesive. Um, last year on paper, we had a very talented team, but there was a, a lack of chemistry when you're trying to plug so many players in at a certain time point. Uh, this year the guys that we have we have a great chemistry and play incredibly well as a team so now you have a whole lot of individual talent that plays together we defend a lot better um so no we we don't see ourselves outside of the the finals this year it would be a disappointment for us honestly if we're not in the finals and our obviously ultimate goal to to raise that trophy but we we feel like this year with the, the team that we have and what we've been doing that we should be in the finals otherwise we didn't perform Peter, do you get a sense that South African fans are rallying behind the Cape Town Tigers ahead of BAL Season 3? Yeah, um, you know, it's been been quite interesting from when I first got to South Africa when the Tigers first started to where we're at right now. Uh, definitely a lot bigger fan base and just people overall knowing who we are. You know, when I first got to SA, obviously nobody knew about it, but now the way we've reached, now you see people that recognize us in public places that ask for photos and the popularity keeps growing and with what we've done we've managed to 
helped the whole situation in the terms of the national basketball. Uh, we haven't had a national team since 2017 because of some political issues. And with what Tigers has accomplished, they've um, fixed the whole situation around that. And, and we're about to have the national teams being reassembled again now for the AfroBasket qualifier. So um, the fan base has grown incredibly. You have younger kids now who are always trying to you know, ask us stuff. You have people in public that's coming up to us. So I've seen a big difference in the two years that Tigers have been there and the amount of popularity that we've gained you know, over social media and just in public all over the place. Finally, Peter, the Basketball Africa League is a partnership between the International Basketball Federation, FIBA, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. Peter, I know you follow the NBA. Are there any NBA players or teams that have really stood out for you at this point in the NBA season? You know, I moved to the States when I was 12 and then always lived near Philadelphia and a lot of my basketball culture is from Philly so I do keep up with the NBA quite a lot and I'm, I'm a Sixers fan that was the first professional NBA game I ever went to so you know at what's now Wells Fargo Arena um, but no uh, interesting to see some of the teams that are struggling you know Phoenix and Los Angeles out of the playoff picture very much interesting situation and uh, you know the Lakers LeBron can't carry a whole team by himself. Uh, I feel like Joel Embiid might have gotten robbed of an MVP, so I'm hoping that this year he gets it. You know, he's African-born, he plays for the Sixers, and he's a monster. I mean, at 7'1", 300 pounds, and the way he moves and what he does, the skill set he has is incredible. Um, Jokic, however, has made a great case just to win three in a row. I just don't know if they'll ever give it to him three in a row because that just doesn't happen in the NBA. But um, there's a couple of teams, you know, young guys that are surprising people. Bobo went to the Magic, and now he's getting some playing time. People actually realize, and he's kind of talented. It just looks awkward because he's so lanky and tall. Uh, and then young players, you know, the Nets struggling at first and then going on a crazy winning streak and, you know, putting themselves back in the top, uh, top four teams in the East. There's a lot of interesting situations, but no, um, you know, I love to keep up with the, the high-level players, and like I said, I always look at what the Sixers are doing just because of my you know, growth around the Philadelphia area. Thanks, Peter. That's Peter Prinsloo, the captain of the Cape Town Tigers basketball team, and Peter was talking with us on the telephone from Nicaragua. Peter, Good luck to the Tigers ahead of Basketball Africa League Season 3. Thank you for reaching out to me again. And, you know, whenever you guys need me, let me know. I uh, appreciate the support. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, be, we'll be getting ready. So uh, looking forward to everything, and we'll be talking again soon. VOA, VOA Africa would like to hear from you. Send us a text message or a voice note on WhatsApp 24-7. Leave a comment, request, or send us a greeting, and you could be hearing your message on VOA Africa. Simply dial the international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. We are always happy to hear from you. The number again is international code plus one, then 202-258-3076.
0202-258-3076. VOA Africa, your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment and music. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Prince Nesta reports the Gunners of Arsenal are five points clear at the top of the English Premier League football table after weekend action. Prince has that story and other European club football highlights. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sonny. English striker of Ghanaian descent, Adrian Ketia, bagged a brace with his fellow countryman of Nigerian descent, Bukayo Saka, adding another to help Arsenal cruise to a deserved 3-2 win over Manchester United. Forward Marcus Rashford and Lisandro Martinez scored Manchester United's consolation goals. The Gunners re-established their five-point cushion at the top of the Premier League and are now unbeaten in their last 13 Premier League games, their longest unbeaten streak in the competition since going 14 unbeaten in December 2018. Arsenal lead the standings with 50 points from their opening 19 games. Gunners boss Mikhail Ateta reviewed his team's performance. Emotional, uh, a lot of passion, a lot of quality. It doesn't get much better than that after the derby away to come here against this team and, and play the way we played again and the performance that we had all over the game and especially in the second half it was it was incredible and to win it in that way it just makes it even better I think mentally and emotionally we were really composed but really determined at the same time and, uh, and we managed those moments in the game really well we never panicked we kept believing we kept doing the right the same things even better than before and uh, we always believed that at the end we could we could win it Arsenal's match winner Adrian Ketia also shared his thoughts on the match I think you could see how much we wanted to win how bad we wanted it for ourselves for our fans so yeah, we kept pushing and pushing and, you know, thankfully we got the, the breakthrough. United manager Eric Ten Hag assessed his team's performance. If you uh, have a draw short before end, you have to take the draw uh, when you play against the number one in this moment. So uh, really disappointed that we didn't do. We have to accept it. it's football. Uh, it's about results and you have to play until the ref is whistling three times for the end. And you can't switch off, and that is what we did. Um, just before, and we switching off, and then it's we making mistakes. We don't follow the rules, and, uh, and when you don't have the discipline, you concede goals. Not only in the end of the game, all three goals uh, we could avoid. And uh, we making mistakes uh, we normally don't make. Um, first two out of a corner, it's, and that's not acceptable. So um, I already told the players we will face them tomorrow as well. Well, with the, those mistakes and then we continue because there is a long way to go. We are still in a really good position, but we have to take these lessons if we want to be successful. That's Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag sharing his thoughts on his team's game away to Arsenal in the Premier League. Erling Haaland scored his fourth Premier League hat-trick of the season as Manchester City registered a 3-0 win against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Although the 22-year-old has only been in England's top flight for half a season, he has now secured more Premier League hat-tricks than five-time Ballon d'Or winner Cristiano Ronaldo and the same number as that of Egyptian playmaker Mo Salah. Haaland took his tally of goals for the campaign to a stunning 31 in all competitions 
nations, 25 of them in the Premier League. Man City boss Pep Guardiola reacted to his team's performance. We played two days and a half. Uh, the last previous game uh, for recovery for everything uh, team was uh, of course not put in the table but the quality they have we saw it in the second half uh, but uh, yeah we compete really well uh, and we scored the goals in the in the right moment especially second half and uh, yeah we had chances in the first half we didn't have once the second half they they push us a little bit more but uh, yeah, another victory after our victory against Tottenham is important to continue in this way. That's Manchester United manager Pep Guardiola's reaction to his team's win against Wolves in the Premier League. Liverpool also held to a goalless draw with Chelsea at Anfield. The result leaves both teams firmly stuck in mid-table with Liverpool in ninth and Chelsea in 10th, separated only by goal difference on 29 points. Chelsea manager Graham Potter assessed his team's performance. I thought the performance was good. Um, happy with the team, happy with the energy in the team, what we tried to do. Obviously, we're playing against an opponent that is at Anfield. It's always tough. But um, not happy with a lot of it. We obviously wanted to win, but in the end it's a clean sheet, it's a, it's a point for us and we move forward. Here's Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp's reaction to his team's performance. I thought we started well the first half, started very well the second half, so that was good. You know, we had good spells, really um, couldn't keep it up. Um, to be one of the ones as well. So, um, but said before the game, we have to be ready for little steps and this is a little step. We, we, we have a clean sheet against Chelsea, which is good. We didn't create um, awful amount, awful lot of chances or whatever, but um, we had them, um, and they had their chances as well. We defended um, if in the second half, then a bit more with passion, with passion than with um, clear organisation, because we, we, we were a bit too deep in these moments, and. Um, that's it. So in the end, nil-nil. I'm okay with it for today because, um, how I said, um, when I said before the game, you have to be ready for these steps, then you have to accept it as well. So um, would I have wished for um, 45 and 45 um, minutes like we started each half? Yes, but um, so we can we can build on that. That's true as well. That's Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp assessing his team's performance against Chelsea in the Premier League. Moving on to the French league, French midfielder of Moroccan descent Matteo Guendouzi's second half goal was enough for Marseille to beat Hene 1 0 in the French Cup and advance to the round of 16. Marseille won the last of its 10 French Cup trophies in 1989, and winning the Cup again is a top target for their coach Igor Tudor. In the Spanish La Liga, Pedri's lone goal ensured Barcelona under 1 0 win over Getafe. The Blaugrana climbed to 44 points, three ahead of their bitter rivals Real Madrid, who secured a 2-0 win against Athletic Bilbao, courtesy of goals from French striker of Algerian descent Karim Benzema and German playmaker Tony Cruz. Benzema became Real Madrid's joint all-time second top scorer in La Liga. Raul Gonzalez scored 228 goals in 550 games, with the 2022 Ballon d'Or winner matching him in just 425 games second only to Cristiano Ronaldo's 311 goals. Borussia Dortmund clinched a 4-3 thriller at home against Augsburg in Bundesliga 
The Zivorian forward Sebastian Heller returned to the team after battling testicular cancer. The 28-year-old's cancer diagnosis came shortly after he signed for Dortmund from Ajax in July. Dortmund are currently sixth in the Bundesliga, seven points behind leaders Bayern Munich after 16 games. Reporting for the sunny side of sports, I'm Prince Nesson. Thanks, Prince. You can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. And you can listen online to the sunny side of sports and other VOA programs by going to voaafrica.com. Authorities in Cameroon say the Canadian company McGill has slowly resumed work it abandoned that left several hundred workers stranded at the 60,000-seat Alembe Stadium. The government accuses the company of receiving more than 73 million U.S. dollars to build an Olympic-sized swimming pool, a hotel, and shopping mall at Alembe, one of the stadiums Cameroon built to host the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations football tournament. McGill denies the charge. Moki Edwin Kinzika reports from Yaoundé on how financial scandals have rocked the stadium since construction began in 2017. Bulldozers pull down trees to complete construction work at the Olembe Sports Complex in Cameroon's capital, Yaoundé. Behind the ongoing work lies one of the biggest financial scandals in Cameroon. The government says more than $250 million has been invested to construct the 60,000-seat football stadium at Olembe. The work has been on and off since March 2017 when stadium construction began. Cameroon told football fans all over Africa that the facility would be ready for the 2020 African Football Cup of Nations AFCON. When 2020 came, the Confederation of African Football CAF postponed the tournament for a year, saying the stadium was not ready and Cameroon wasn't ready. Finally, in January 2021, CAF authorized Olembe to host AFCON matches even when two training stadiums of a thousand seats each, an international standard gymnasium, an Olympic swimming pool, an outdoor sports center, a 70-room hotel, and a shopping center with a commercial area, including cinema and conference rooms, were still to be erected. As Cameroon sports fans waited for the completion of construction works at Olembe, described by the government of the Central African State as one of Africa's flagship stadiums, the Canadian construction company McGill stopped work and withdrew its staff. The government said McGill had received about $75 million to complete the work. McGill said it needed money to continue working. Nassis Mwelekombi is Cameroon's sports minister. He says McGill received money but is not accountable. We have noticed an interruption in the completion works of this complex. Despite 
the significant financial resources invested available to Magill. We are here to reiterate to Magill the urgency and the need to resume the works of Olembe. Cabral Libi is a Cameroonian lawmaker. He says some senior state functionaries embezzled the money reserved for the construction of the Olembe football stadium. Libi says since 2017, when construction work was to be launched at the Olembe Stadium, he alerted civilians and the governments of Cameroon that some government officials were planning to swindle funds for the construction of the stadium. He says he is finally right because the stadium is incomplete and money lodged at an Italian bank for the stadium cannot be traced. He says Cameroon's Minister of Sports is at the center of the financial scandal because he was the one managing the money lodged in Italian banks. But Nassis Mwale Kombi says reports that the work has been grounded because of corruption are unfounded. He, however, does not say whether the funds are available or not. President Paul Biya made a commitment to offer Cameroonians magnificent sport facilities and we are to accompany Magill in the research of a solution. Frank Mathieu, Magill's project director, says his company needs money without which his staff cannot fully return to work. For the past one year, we face several issues on the future hotel, gymnasium, pool, and tennis club. We are not the conceptor. We ask some clarification before to start. It will start as soon as we have clarification on this conception, what is expecting to be delivered. The company says it owes subcontractors and suppliers 19 million US dollars and denounces the non-respect of contract terms by the government of Cameroon. McGill is the second company constructing the Olembe Stadium. The project was designed by the Italian company Piscini. Piscini is today seeking arbitration from the International Chamber of Commerce in Paris, France, after being kicked out of the construction site by the government of Cameroon. Piscini is claiming more than $44 million in pecuniary and material damages plus $5 million in moral damages. The contracts for the construction of the Olembe Stadium by Piscini initially amounted to $270 million. Cameroon says upon completion, it will cost over $300 million. The corruption scandals have made the completion of the stadium a mere dream. Cameroon intends to be the first ever non-Muslim majority nation to host the Islamic Solidarity Games in 2025 and the Olembe Stadium is one of the facilities to be used. Should the government not finish construction work, then Africa will be deprived of another important world sports rendezvous. For the sunny side of sports, Amoki Edwin Kinzuka in Yaoundé, Cameroon. Thanks, Moki. Turning to tennis, Serbian star Novak Djokovic remains on course for a record-extending 10th Australian Open title. 
Djokovic reached the quarterfinals Monday with a dominating win, as we hear now from Craig Gabriel in Melbourne. The only times you thought there was something human about Novak Djokovic was on the rare occasions he didn't win the point. He won 91 of the 140 total points he played between himself and Australian Alex Dimonor in the last 16 of the Australian Open. The match had received a fair amount of hype. Dimonor, the last Aussie in the singles, and he'd been playing well. Fans thought Alex had a chance with Djokovic nursing a supposed left hamstring issue. Goodness knows how wrong they were. The match was done in two hours, seven minutes. It was a magic show. Novak was a masterclass. It was as if the ball was attached with a string to his racket and he just directed it. He won the match 6-2, 6-1, 6-2. Obviously, as, as the tournament progresses, the matches are going to get tougher. So I'm really glad to, to manage to win the way I did tonight and to feel really uh, great in terms of mobility and uh, movement of my leg, which is great news. So all in all, perfect match for me tonight. Djokovic will next play Andrei Rublev, who jokingly said before he knew it was Novak that he'd happily play anyone except Djokovic. Bad luck, mate. Rublev accounted for Holger Rune in an entertaining match, especially the fifth set and its seesawing tiebreak, which had a heartbreak finish. Rune served, Rublev returned, and it clipped the net and died on Rune's side. Ben Shelton is a 20-year-old American who had never left the United States before this trip. He's the son of former player Brian Shelton, whose best at the Aussie Open was the second round. Ben, in his first appearance, is in the quarters, following a five-setter over another American, J.J. Wolf. I just have that feeling of ecstasy, right, when, when the last ball lands, that I did it. So uh, to be able to do that on this stage um, four times in a row, that, that feeling over and over again is, has been pretty cool. Shelton plays Tommy Paul next. He upset Roberto Bautista good. And because Shelton and Paul square off, it's guaranteed an American will be in the semis. In the women's, Carolina Pliska won and plays Magda Nanette, who beat fourth seed Cara Garcia. And Arena Sabalenka overcame Belinda Bench at 7 5 6 to and will play Donna Vekic, who's now getting advice from Pam Shriver. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Melbourne. Thanks, Craig. And that wraps up the January 23rd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sunny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports.